And welcome everyone back to CBRC podcast and the use case register. And today I'm very excited to be sharing the next use case with Divium, which is a decentralized real estate lending solution. And this is with CodeLab. Um, so as a, without any sort of further aside, let's introduce Divium. Divian, welcome to the podcast. And um, if you'd like to introduce yourself, and then we'll talk about your exciting project. Well, thanks very much for having me, Anthony. Happy to introduce myself. Uh, I'm Divian. I'm a director at CodeLab. We're a full-service digital assets consultancy. Um, in addition to helping large companies, we uh, also have internal products, one of which is the CodeLab HELOC, uh, and that's the actual product that forms the basis of our uh, our application. Um under under Anthony's initiative. So uh yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Brilliant. So talk to us about the the real estate lending and and HELOC as well, because I don't think many people would know what HELOC is. So maybe if we start with HELOC and, and the yeah. sure I think it's a great place to start. So HELOC is actually a reasonably new term um for us. Uh we we decided to apply it to the technology that we've got because it's just a it, it sounds cool, um, but the actual letters stand for Home Equity Line of Credit. So um, the, the reason for that acronym is to differentiate what we've done um, to what would be a typical real estate loan um, in flexibility primarily. So normally when you go to um, a bank with your property, you you lodge your property as collateral and then you you yeah. borrow some money in return. If something goes pear-shaped, the bank gets to keep your, your property. Um, Most people that that's called equity release, they'll know that as, wouldn't they? I, I think well, yeah, 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 exactly. Equity release or, you know, even in the form of a normal mortgage. Where you're uh, okay, so you're, yeah. yeah. Either or, you know, equity release or, or a normal mortgage, that's, that's the way in which it operates. Yeah. You've got the fixed repayments. Um, so you're given... You're given a, a big sum it's used to purchase your your house or it's just given to you for a new house in equity release um and or something else and then you repay every month a certain amount um but with the heloc and what we tried to sort of introduce into the mainstream system is a way to lodge the property um, as collateral and then for a credit facility to be made available okay. to you as a borrower so a credit facility is essentially a flexible way to draw down the total which you've been offered. So, say with a say your say your normal house is worth a uh, million pounds, and you decide to release twenty percent of it in equity, yeah. you'll be given two hundred thousand um, in your bank account. Yeah, uh, and then you just have to re keep repaying it. You've got no flexibility. Yeah. yeah, but if with the HELOC, you'll be given that same 200,000, um, but it will be a facility. So day one, you don't have to interact with it. You can so just It's like say, a limit. So so you can borrow up to 200,000 in this example. Exactly. At any time. Okay. That. And then, you know, the the thing is you, you might decide one day you've got, for example, your children's tuition fees who are studying abroad. You might need to make the first payment of 30,000. Uh, you draw down your 30 but then very importantly you'll only accrue interest on the 30,000 that you've drawn down okay so that's where it becomes very attractive so instead of immediately there's 200,000 um facility the interest rate on 200,000 yeah exactly especially in the current interest rate uh -huh. environment 
yes. you could kind of you, you could kind of the HELOC is I think um it's very similar to saying it's a, a property-backed credit card. So imagine you had yep. a credit card that you go and spend, you only you only accrue interest on what you spend, and yep. then um yeah, on, on nothing more. I mean the only and you can pay yeah. that you, you could pay that back. So say, you know, the thirty thousand tuition fees we said, um I could pay that next month or in five years, or how does how does how does that bit work? It's a good question. So it depends which hat you're wearing. So if you're wearing a full Web three hat, we mm. can use an example of make a DAO, um, yep. where say you were to do your drawdown, that drawdown can just remain drawn down until the interest accrues to so much that it takes you over your oh, LTV. Okay. Um, so it's like indefinite, which for a bank is just a no, no, there's no way to, you know, they can't, they can't do their cash flows. They can't, you know, balance their credit risk. It's just, uh, it just, it's not a money-making idea, but with, uh, Fubon bank, um, you know, we, we did the, um, we did this, implemented this technology for, uh, existing mortgage customers to give them an additional bit of credit on their property. Okay. Um, So say for example, they had 20% already in a fixed mortgage we give them an additional 20 percent, or allow the bank to give them an additional 20 percent in this flexible form um they said um we need to have all interest accrued uh paid back uh, before month end so it means effectively you've got to make sure that the any interest drawn down uh any interest accruing needs to be paid back for the month end before that's that's Uh, and does the interest accrued daily then is that so so the interest accrues daily or, or, or it's a very good question and and i mean initially it started off as a gimmick for us but we have the or we implemented the interest accruing second by second or in <laughs> wow. in, in in blockchain terms uh block by block yeah and yeah. that was initially as a gimmick just to show uh the hkma like you know you can this is how um granular you can yeah. get you know what's accruing on your books Wow. Um, then we start to think uh, from a from a um, a credit risk point of view from within a bank. Yeah. And um, say, for example, you had a hundred of these uh, facilities all open, these HELOCs for across a hundred clients. Um, seeing a second by second accrual of interest could potentially be very useful for you um, as a member of back end staff mm. uh, because you're able to. Um, you know, every every uh, day, for example, there'll be a reconciliation of, of yeah. positions. No matter who you are within the bank, you can open a snapshot and you can see exactly what your credit mm. position is at that yeah, point. Yeah. And Great. that might give you a favorable, um, I might, you know, you might be able to go to someone who you need to borrow, another bank need to borrow liquidity off for the day and say, look, this is exactly where we are. Yeah. Um, so give, give us X. Um, there's no need to wait for the end of the day for reconciliation. So it started off novel, then it evolved, and then actually it evolved so much that the University of Cambridge and the World Economic Forum um, invited me to to talk about this at their soup tech, uh, supervisory tech conference um, back in November. And uh, yeah, the granularity and the transparency is what they were very, very keen on. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. wow. And that... I, I... That's amazing. A, a great story as well. I said it's really interesting. I think the question then comes back. So, could you do this before blockchain? Could no, you do this time? Exactly. And and so what is why what is it about your solution and the and the, obviously the blockchain underlying technology that's allowing this? 
So I think the main the main thing is the the flexibility. So if you have been um, offered uh, yeah the twenty percent LTV um, to be forwarded to you um, as and when you want it, the first question is how do you how do you interact to to get that money? Would it be perhaps on your your fiat um, platform? You would be able to interact and and draw down on it. But then on the back end, how is that being logged? Is it uh, is it going through? Yeah. What, whatever form, whatever system that needs to be balanced at two or more places. Um, so you have that that risk of error. Um, and then also the actual contract uh, with our system is is being updated every time that there is a there is a an action performed. So if I was to draw down, say again, 20,000 or something like that, um, the token, again, again, more into the specifics here, the token that is representing that mortgage, is updated immediately. Yeah. So it and it exists on the blockchain as an immutable record of exactly where your credit position is. So yeah. if there's any issue with uh the system going down or uh any dispute, you've got this immutable record that exists. Yeah. Um if it was a case where you you know you have a standard ledger um within a certain bank and it's being constantly interacted with up and down and and an interest accruing and then yeah. back again, it becomes quite a complicated process for where you don't have the finality of um, a blockchain contract that is is logging um, all of this. And when I say blockchain contract, I mean a smart contract, yeah. um, something programmable uh, that is capable of being seen as the source of truth as yeah. well if there was to have any, be any legal issue. Hmm. So um, that's very helpful. Yeah, so basically what is so so we in essence you're tokenizing part of the property, let's say. Um in essence, that's uh, that 200k limit. Mm -hmm. And then it's actually the tokenization would be say the 20k or the 30k you actually take for that period. Mm -hmm. And it, the interest is calculated on a second by second basis, which is pretty crazy to be fair, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, yeah. Amazing the detail you can go to. Yeah, and yeah. When it's repaid, it then just clears off and you get back to your 200 limit. And and so you can borrow on and off. Um I mean at the moment uh, that that wouldn't work for a, a million different reasons, but mainly mm -hmm. because the systems don't update real time, the finality doesn't happen real time, et cetera. And you can't go down to this level of detail because the current financial system is inefficient. That's, you know. The, the yes, answer. absolutely. Absolutely right. And so what complex is, so, so at the moment, this sounds like everything's very rosy, but obviously... Mm -hmm. Still work in progress, early stage. Um, what are what are the sort of complications that you're starting to see that that needs to be fixed next um, with this? What where is the next sort of stage for this? I think really it's it's in the adoption of the cryptocurrency that would be used yeah. to actually be lent out and repaid. Yeah. Um, if you were to just, I mean, the HKMA is a perfect example. They've done it under a CBDC mandate, but they've made no decision as to whether they even want the CBD in the first place. So yeah. if it's not a CBDC, which I think that is the level of, I guess, um, certainty that a bank would need in a form of digital currency to mm -hmm. kind of see it as, uh, you know, to, to accept the risk of basically yeah. going down you know, one of these innovative solution routes. Um, so that's that's the first thing, whether or not they want to see VC in the first place. I think just um, to, just just to clarify for the viewers, sure. 
well, you know, CBDC, you know, commercial bank, um, digital currency, and um, and sort of stable coins, uh, you know, sort of government or bank issued, sorry, stable coins. So digital euro, digital pound, digital dollar, uh, any of the currencies that people hear at the moment is a digital uh, equivalent. So they don't really exist at the moment, a digital currency purely issued by government and banks. And I think, so, so what Divian is saying really here is that that needs to sort of move forward first and there's there's regulation appearing so in in europe we've got mika regulation the uk is starting to bring in regulations so you know for viewers looking forward it's basically a, you know a digital equivalent of the pound dollar euro you have in your bank account but it's actually a digital money so it works in the way that divian can use it with his team i.e it can be made very quick cheap you know, fractionalized, etc. So I think just to give the viewers a bit of an understanding of the whole digital money side, which is the big part that that is progressing very quickly at the moment. Yeah, very helpful. Um, that's yeah, great supplementing um, piece of information to what I'm saying, especially you know, for those that don't know about the kind of global system around CBDCs as it is. Um, and another area also uh, that we we feel is is going to be a big road bump, uh, road bump, a roadblock, <laughs> uh, is uh, is is the recognition that that legal rights, like real, reliable, reliable upon legal rights, can be placed into a smart contract, and that smart contract can execute, um, and whatever it executes is. It should be recognized in law. I mean, there's there's nothing in contract law, especially at the moment, that says you can't assign the rights of a uh, contract into a token. Um, contractual law. Uh, property rights are, it, it get a little bit more difficult, like title rights, but certainly with contractual rights, assigning it to an NFT is no problem. So it's no problem for us to do. It's no problem for us to, to build. But convincing someone, especially a bank, that it's all hunky-dory and they don't have to worry yeah. Um, they don't need mountains of paperwork to support what's going on here is is going to be very difficult. Yeah, and no, it, it's a very interesting one, the whole, um, you know, we I had the discussion a few years ago around um, code as law, you know, um, you know, the code right. contract, the code that we actually use, because all of this is mm. just computer code at the end of the day, yeah. Yeah. Uh, making that law. And it's interesting, that's progressing in many different jurisdictions, but I think with the advent of AI and things like that, the whole, you know, code is law is is going to take a different meaning and have to be, you know, that if a smart contract, the ABC. And it, for me, the benefit of that is a smart contract, a, a computer program, don't, you don't even need to call it a smart contract. Exactly, a computer yeah, program yeah. can be tracked and traced, right? It does A, B, C, D, E, F, G. It's not something that does its own thing <laughs> it's it's not a human yeah, yeah. mistakes it's programmed to yeah. do abcdfg that's it and you yeah. ought to check it does that so so i think yes yeah, so as you say the second part of it is the acceptance of that that code that programming as then law so if it does abc then the outcome is is a legal say ownership change or payment etc so yes yeah, interesting yeah yeah absolutely i think it's um yeah, it convincing them that it is possible, I think, is just yeah going to be going to be tough. Yeah, and I think um, the one other side we were we were talking about earlier um, is around you know one of the benefits of this, one of the big benefits of this for the financial system is liquidity improvements, liquidity understanding. Um, 
you know, just talk to me about the liquidity benefits for the for the system of this. So um, if you're talking about, I, I'll talk about the um, stablecoin version. Um, yeah. That's okay. So just for, for the viewers, I mean, um, Antti knows this, but our product, the CodeLab HELOC, can be applied under a CBDC use case, um, which is what we do with, with Ripple. But also we've built a, a, a lending protocol itself on, on the blockchain um, that allows the release or the creation of a stable coin um, as a product of the collateral placed in it. So it's called HGBP, it's a GBP denominated stable coin. And um, for any uh, ecosystem, for any chain, uh, being able to lodge such a valuable asset into a DeFi protocol enables you to release as a product a very large amount of liquidity. So our first um, trial that we've done with a 5 million pound uh, UK luxury apartment, um, we lodged that in the protocol and we were able to release 3 million HGBP at a, a an LTV of 60%. So immediately yeah. you have 3 million pounds worth of liquidity in any ecosystem, which is just um, astonishing. Like there's no other... I mean, yeah. unless you are happen to be a, a and, and you know these guys do exist, a, a whale uh, with you know uh, millions and millions of Ethereum or whatever as collateral, um, that is not something that's that's possible. But this system enables you know people with um, property assets, which are you know far more uh, numerous and they're far more yeah far more numerous in terms of being valuable um to release a significant portion of that equity directly onto the blockchain Um, and then you know by osmosis you have all this liquidity on a blockchain and then via partnerships and integrations that liquidity finds its way into the rest of the ecosystem so it's kind of it's kind of a supporter um or or, that's at least how we see it and even actually for the um for the cvdc pilot that's one of the uh reasons we were giving as to why uh this equity release works so well because cbdc as itself you know talking about small amounts being sent over payment rails to another country you know they're they're, they're experimenting with a thousand two thousand immediately with our technology and from property you get a significant boost into the cbdc ecosystem um in very large chunks at a time so arguably and 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 again this is this is kind of uh, predicated on the decision being made to actually implement cbdc's if they were to say yes then immediately our use case becomes ultra supportive of you know it growing vibrantly Yeah, yeah yeah no very interesting and i think you know again for the viewers it's about understanding that you know, liquidity is is sort of where the money flows and, and what's there. So when you go to the bank, you withdraw money. That's liquidity. There's money available. When you're building a new ecosystem and a new digital money system, you need to have money in the system. But what that also means is because of the fractionization and the small loans and, and the information that, that Divian talked about, it means that it, it's a lot more efficient. So you don't need as much money in the system at all times. You know, so so you can have smaller amounts of money in the system because it's moving quicker and and sort of closing quicker. So again, it makes things a lot more efficient, a lot quicker, and and so very interesting. It's um uh, really you know a uh, massively exciting. And, and and you mentioned it. You know, real estate is the biggest assets. You know, anybody owns any any normally. You know, people obviously if you own your properties and businesses, 
you know, I, I don't know how many trillions or gazillions is, is the real estate market yeah. in the world, but it's 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 there. And and that money, if you if you just envision a building, it's just all your dollars sat in that building mm-hmm. doing nothing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not doing anything, you know, maybe parts of it are. So so this, yeah, yeah. you know, this to me, I always envision sort of, you know, equity release, you know, for with digital money as the whole building sort of flows into money just flowing out, which you can then buy your car pay your kids tuition fees and do things it's unbelievably efficient uh you know use i think you're you're absolutely right i was kind of like just yeah i was like chomping at the bit to tack onto what you're saying because it's just so relevant especially when the we have got the cost of living crisis um and well obviously that's um that's been caused in part by uh you know high interest rates that's you know exacerbating things um and if you need access to cash quickly this blockchain system is another thing speed wise um it becomes incredibly efficient to get access to this capital um you know it's it's a bank's it, it, it's designed as a, a system a bank can implement and bolt on so it's still subject to the bank's interest rate so you're probably not going to be getting around the fact that you'll be paying over five percent on whatever you borrow yeah however the, the flexibility of being able to draw down um a fraction of what your full uh, LTV is on the property uh, and, you know, repay that back in potentially a very short amount of time. You know, if it's uh, if it's something which you're expecting to get refunded for in the next, you know, week or so, yeah. uh, like an invoice, even, for example, um, yeah. you know, that's, uh, you know, because it's, it's not just restricted to uh, the, the everyday consumer. Businesses can rely on this technology to to draw down liquidity, for example, as they wait for other receivables to come in um, and not have to pay extortionate fees. Because I know, especially for invoice financing, it's 18, 20%, um, which uh, is just astonishing. And if a bank's offering it, you can be you know, comfortable. It's not a loan shark. <laughs> and also you're borrowing on a, a smaller amount um, over a shorter time. Yeah, brilliant. No, that's great. So, um... Obviously, you know, we mentioned at CBRC, we do the CBRC score of, of projects that we sort of research and verify. Um, so with your project, it's um, it been awarded a score of 82, which is excellent oh. score out of 100. Oh, and, um, no problem. And I'll just read the read the sort of the summary because um, I always have to read this so I don't get it wrong. Um, real estate equity release is a complex task today. And this solution make it significantly more acceptable for people accessing the liquidity from the property, which is very difficult today, accessing a fraction of the equity. So a lot of what we just talked about with Divium, doing it at speed at low cost and then using a digital currency to quickly move money, invest in other places, et cetera. Um, you know, once they to- the property is tokenized and the, the assets tokenized, this needs to be confirmed with the bank and then the details shared. And I think that's where blockchain again comes in, where it's giving one view of the truth of who owns what, where. And you can only do that with blockchain technology. So um, I think, you know, it's, it's a great use case. It's it, it's so important. And, and obviously, I mean, it's not just real estate as well. I think you, you can start tokenizing other assets. You can start fractionalizing things. And all of a sudden, the system is a lot more efficient for people for businesses and for governments. And I think that's what's most exciting about this type of project is that you can make things a lot more efficient, a lot more uh, simpler. It's just easier for us to do these things. Um, 
equity release is just one of the hardest things to do in life. It's just, it's a painful process and it's very expensive. This type of solution makes it simple, quick, and you can get just a small amount of money if you need it, as you say. So um, I think it's an excellent project. So well done to the team. Um, what's Thanks next? So what's the next stage coming up with this project? Uh, wow. So we are uh, due to bring our lending protocol online um, anytime now. Uh, we're, we're going after, uh, in the, well, in the process of, of um, waiting for our FCA uh, crypto registration to come okay. through. Cool. I might be waiting a while, um, <laughs> yeah. but, but for me, the, I guess the most exciting uh, thing that's going to be coming next, and, and you kind of touched on this, is is other applications of, of the technology. Um, we've had interest from people that have, you know, mountains of gold in a warehouse. It's not a bad position to be in. But, I'd like uh, to go to that warehouse. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and it would be great if we were able to tokenize physical gold in in the exact same way as we've done with real estate it's actually a lot easier because the title rights um title rights can make things complicated we do pride ourselves in in actually being able to put title rights into an nft which um no one has been able to do at this point we worked with wow. dla piper for two years to to put that wow. together um and we are just thinking about the appropriate time and place to to deploy this and that would actually enable me to sell an nft to you Anthony, and uh, you would have uh, ownership rights to my property. Yeah, it's really significant. I, I, I can't go into the, the secret source too much of it at the moment, but as soon as it's it's out, um, and, it, and it, you know, we were able to sort of get to this stage from starting at that equity release uh, from property, um, and it's branched out into equity release from other assets, and then also uh, what the, the collateral being used to generate this equity release um, represents and is yeah. it transferable um what else you know we've we've, we've even experimented with the, the mortgage itself so tokenizing the mortgage right. means that the rights uh to the income now sit with the token therefore if you as bank a were to sell it to bank b yeah. you now have uh you're now selling mortgages which is like a multi-trillion uh dollar um uh, it's an ecosystem around the world and you know, if we were able to tokenize that and then, you know, we could even form mortgage-backed securities by having, you know, hundreds of those. I'm, I'm waffling now, but, you know, I, I just think it's suffice to say that it's, uh, yeah, there seems to be no limit as to where we can apply this next. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting because a lot of people say, you know, um, oh, blockchain's all about, you know, uh, unrealistic sort of, you know, technology looking for solutions but right. we have solutions already but tokenization of these and then the release of the the equity or the the value the money from it is is just 100 percent where this is all going and be it you know as you say property gold you know any other assets artwork you know all those sorts of things so um yeah, cool. yeah. Really, really really interesting to see so um Massive thank you for your time, Divian and and Code Lab. It's uh, it's been a great great sort of catch up. Um, if people want to co to sort of connect with you, how how do they connect with you and the, and the team? Uh, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn, um, Divian Kandaya. I'm sure that'll be attached to this video. Yeah. Uh, or or drop us um drop us an email directly to Code Lab. Uh, you go to codelab.io. Um, contact form is there. We're extremely happy to help with any digital asset solution that you are envisaging, or if even if you 
aren't uh, sure if you need uh, digital asset solutions and infrastructure, we'll be happy to talk you through it. Um, you know, it's it's what we love and it's what we do. So, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. And I wanted to say a big thank you as well to you, Anthony, for uh, inviting me on to talk as well. It's, it's definitely not one way. Brilliant. No, it's a pleasure pleasure to have you in. Thank you very much. So thank you, Divian, and um, look forward to seeing how the project progresses and, and all the other interesting things that comes next. So thank you very much for your time. Oh, thank you. Take care.